Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. And thank you so much for joining me. We have a huge boxing weekend ahead. Of course, it's the big one. Tank Davis taking on Ryan Garcia. It's an absolute mega fight, and we're going to get you prepared for that. And we're going to look back at last weekend, the upset. Zaili Zhang taking out Joe Joyce. It was a huge upset in the heavyweight division, sent some shockwaves, and there's going to be some implications there. And that leads me to my guest this week. I will be speaking to Dave Sawney. You've seen him in Queensberry Promotions, creating content. He was at Fight Week for the heavyweight bout that we just talked about. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look forward to Tank and Ryan Garcia. We're going to talk about Dave's journey and a lot more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dave Sawney. I am Karan Bhatia. This is Ask the Experts, joined by Dave Sawney. And I want to make sure, Dave, Dave am, I, am I getting it right? Am I saying the name right? Um, I mean, <laughs> Dave is a, it's kind of like an Asian Dave, I guess. I guess Dave in Asian, which would be Dev. So it's D-E-V rather than D-A-V-E. But we're both friends here, Curran. We can do this. You can call me Dave if you like. You can call me anything. No, no, like. no. Of course. Well, look, I would be uh, disrespecting my heritage if I didn't say Dev, uh, if I didn't say yeah. it properly, right? Um, of yeah. course. And and anyone who doesn't know, you handle content interviewing for Queensberry, uh, formerly at Box Nation. And I want to chat with you about your background, everything that that you've achieved. Congratulations on everything. Um, but before we do, um, before we get into that, I want to talk about. Zaylee Zhang versus Joe Joyce, uh, the big heavyweight bout. I, I know you were all over this fight. Um, I know you were working fight week events, uh, calling fights. Um, so, so obviously what happened there was shocking. Um, was there anything that happened in fight week that tipped you off that Zaylee Zhang could have success the way that he did last Saturday night? Uh, I guess the only thing, and, uh, and firstly... Big congratulations to Zillai Zhang, who has now gate-crashed the sort of top five, six heavyweights in the world and added his name to the mix of the top heavyweights in the world. So big congratulations to him. Was there anything that tipped me off? I think the most telling thing that happened was that Joe Joyce came in around a stone, maybe even more lighter than what he did against Joseph Parker. And against Joseph Parker, it was a strong dominant punch absorbing but punch giving and brutal display um so coming in a stone lighter weighing essentially what he weighed against daniel dubois you would have thought that if he comes in lighter he would box like he did against daniel dubois but he came in at the daniel dubois fight weight and he boxed the joe parker fight so it didn't quite didn't quite add up. I think the most telling thing in fight week was that way. Obviously, you know, and this happens with any heavyweight fight. Jile Zhang wasn't the destination fight for Joe Joyce. The destination fights were Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, maybe Deontay Wilder as well, uh, and Anthony Joshua, of course, as well, which is just a huge showdown. So those are destination fights. Jile Zhang was a fight along the journey. So when you've got a fight along the journey... In interviews, you're going to be asked about the destination fights. So, of course, during fight week, people are asking about Anthony Joshua, about Usyk, about Fury, etc. So that's another layer there. 
he may have been distracted. I don't know. I don't think he should have been because all heavyweights get this in a sort of non-destination fights. You saw with Joshua against Franklin, he was being asked about pretty much everyone other than Jermaine Franklin. This sort of thing happens. But for me, the, the big tip-off in terms of what could potentially go wrong for Joe Joyce was his weight. It's really interesting perspective, not only the physical difference that we saw there, but but the mental difference of just maybe looking ahead of an opponent. We, we're so quick to want and crave these matchups as folks that work in the boxing industry, as fans of the sport, uh, that it's hard not to ask about these. And that that's, of course, going to have an effect. And, and that's interesting perspective from you. Um, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Now, before we move on, though, I, I do I do appreciate that this show has a global audience. If it is a North American audience listening, uh, you you mentioned a stone in weight. So a clarification on how much exactly weight, uh, you know, how much he was, Joe Joyce came in uh, lower than than last time, or approximately. Uh, well, let me just find out exactly because I, uh, I I'm looking online. Down. It says 14 pounds is a stone. Does that does that sound right? 14 pounds is a stone, but we can, we okay. can describe exactly what it was. So against Joseph Parker. Uh, Joe Joyce came in at 271 pounds. Against Zile Zhang, he came in at 256 pounds. So it's it's a lot less, right? And Zile Zhang in this fight weighed 278 pounds, which is 22 pounds more than the juggernaut. Now, how often is Joe Joyce the bigger, stronger guy in there? He gave himself a disadvantage by losing that weight against a guy who was 278 pounds in there. You would think, I mean, logic would dictate that if you're going to fight the fight which involves you walking him down and juggernauting him, you'd need all the weight that you could possibly get. So that's why it came as a bit of a shock. And that's why the thinking was if he was going to come in at 256, bearing in mind against Daniel Dubois, he weighed 258 if he was going to come in at that weight, that he would try to box him a bit, but he didn't. He uh, he went sort of straight into juggernaut mode, and Zile Zhang was a, a very tough, uh, I mean, the stance, the southpaw stance, he just couldn't get past it, Joe Joyce, and then uh, Zile Zhang was hitting him with with pretty much anything he wanted. The the backhand was there for him, for him. The, the right hooks were there for him as well, and he, he became a very difficult puzzle to solve, and a 278-pound puzzle at that, so... Um, a difficult night for Joe Joyce, but he, uh, he, he'll he be back. There's not many other fighters out there that have the attributes that Zile Zhang has that, you know, it, he could just absorb what Joe Joyce had to offer and offer much more. Everyone else tends to be a lot smaller than Joe Joyce, apart from you know, maybe Tyson Fury. It's an interesting time to go into experimentation, right? When, when you're facing someone as dangerous as as Zaley Zhang is uh he's he's a big guy he's southpaw he can throw punches in combination and you could argue about previous fights when he didn't seem to have success where success was due to possible health problems um things like that um that obviously was not the case this was a very fresh uh, 39 year old Zaley Zhang in in the ring. Um, I, I wanted to to get your thoughts as we saw uh, as we saw Zaley 
uh, put together these combinations. I mean, these were flowing. These had power. And and the reason Joe Joyce was able to even continue through the rounds that he did is is probably a testament to his iron chin. I mean, it has to be one of the best chins in, in boxing today. He was able to walk through a lot of these punches, but as we could see, they were affecting Joyce. Um, as you saw these, these first couple of rounds unfold, I mean, were you shocked watching this? Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, um, Joe Joyce is often behind in fights, heading into the second half of the fight. I think even against Christian Hammer, Christian Hammer was having plenty of success in that fight as well. Carlos Takam, um, Joseph Parker may have been up as well because, you know, people land punches on him. But generally what happens is he catches up to them and he just overwhelms them and juggernauts them. Where this one was different, is that there were moments in there where the punches affected him a little bit more. You could see uh, Joyce was a tad more ragged. He, he found himself in the corner sort of with his back to Zile Zhang. That suggests that Zile Zhang was kind of in charge in there. And there were moments in there where they were in close and Zhang was just sort of shrugging him off. So that's where it felt a bit different to the other fights where he comes back and juggernauts. And obviously the most obvious difference was that he sustained eye damage and it's not like a it's not just oh he got injured in the fight this this happened as a result of Zile Zhang consistently landing his backhand on Joe Joyce um and that was different because this time you know the chin never gave in he never went down he was never sort of badly wobbled the chin is still there the chin I believe would have been there all night but the difference was he actually started closing up his eye. And at that point, it was a race against the clock to to catch up to Zile Zhang and get him out of there. And he just ran out of time a bit because I think Zhang was starting to tire somewhat. That, that was quite a pace they were fighting at. And I'm not sure he's got the tank that Joe Joyce has got. But Joe Joyce has sustained enough damage, so Zhang had done his job. Um, so we, we, I guess we'll never know what would have happened in round seven, eight, nine if if Joyce had caught up to him. It's a very courageous game plan uh, to take punches from a large man like Zhang and then hope he slows down and turn around the fight. It's definitely possible that that could have happened, um, but uh, Joe Joyce's eye uh, did not allow it to, and, and that's because of the punishment he took yeah. um, and he got the first loss of his career. Um, obviously, this was this was pretty shocking. Joyce was the favorite, and this does send some shockwaves through the heavyweight division. Um, so let let me ask you this: What do you think is next for each man uh, after this fight? And also, uh, do you think Joyce regrets the weight loss or weight differential coming into this fight? And is that something he? probably won't do again going forward my my feeling is and look this is completely up to joe joyce and his team and they they will figure all of that out my hunch just based on what i think is that they'll fight again and that will probably be the next fight um and it will be a bigger fight next time and uh you know it's got much more of a story heading into it now as well so I think that it will probably be the next fight for both guys. And I think Joe Joyce will come back at sort of 270 plus pounds and not have so much of a weight giveaway. And I think he'd have to spend a lot of time figuring out this Southpaw thing as well, because he couldn't in this fight. He couldn't. And I don't know if it was a, an underestimating. I, d I don't know if it was a case of not having 
good enough sparring heading into it? I don't know, but they will they will be absolutely they will they will hate what's happened right now and Joe Joyce will hate what's happened too. They'll be kind of really reflecting internally how how can we change this? But there's like there's for me there's no doubt he can still beat Gilet Zhang, but he didn't give himself the best chance to do so. And I think it will probably be the next fight, in my opinion. And I think he'll have a much better chance this time by, you know, giving it his full kind of attention, giving Zhang the credit maybe that he deserves in camp and practicing for a southpaw and coming in at a better weight. I don't think there's any heavyweight out there uh, looking at Zaley Zhang and, and being excited about that challenge, even though he is 39 years old. We know power can stay with you, especially in the heavyweight division. Um, and well, it look, looks like... Think about this, right? He's uh, the way I, I... I believe he's now become a top five heavyweight, giving a lot a lot of thought there. His last two uh, on, on box rec, what it should say is Joe Joyce TKO and um, Philip Hergovic points. It should have a W and a W next to those last two fights of Zile Zhang. That's incredible form that's two unbeaten heavyweights that he'd have got got through to sort of emerge as as the leader of the pack there somewhat that's what it should say um obviously that that's me saying that i i feel he beat philip pergovich but he's in he's in tremendous form Zang, and and credit to him absolutely and, and he's going to be a tough test uh and, and joe joyce i'm sure he's going to be back uh he'll make adjustments the rematch would be fascinating and he's obviously a, a top player in the heavyweight division as well speaking of the heavyweight division i wanted to get your thoughts because there are some rumors uh circling about we're hearing different things um there was a report that a showdown a heavy an epic heavyweight showdown is possibly coming together for december uh, and that would maybe look like, and, and I want to stress maybe in this, uh, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk on the main event and an undercard, uh, which is a fight that we've been looking for for such a long time. And that would be Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. So here's what we know. Uh, there's There's been promoters in the sport that have mentioned that this may be a possibility coming together. Anthony Joshua did post on his story that his next fight would be in December. That's interesting when he originally had said he was going to fight three times this year. There would be a reason you would think that he would say December. And there was a lot of theories that came out. One of them could be maybe this massive event with a lot of money and you don't want to um, get, you know, get into a, a tune up fight or a mid-level fight that that stops that opportunity. Who knows? Uh, Tyson Fury, it seemed like for his part, wrote that this whole report was BS on his story. Um, so we don't really know. What's true? Uh, let me ask you this. What are you hearing? Do you think uh, this type of event is is even possible? So the, the last thing I've heard on it was basically that at the moment, it's just kind of speculation and, you know, nothing formal has been proposed. That was as of 48, 48 hours ago. Obviously, the story has moved forward somewhat with Eddie Hearn coming out and saying what he said. Malik Scott said what he said. But then Tyson Fury said what he said, kind of refuting it. So... I don't know. I I am so. Uh, sometimes you can get a bit disillusioned with the sport and the stories about the fights that are gonna happen. This could happen. There's, and then they don't happen. So this uh, kind of mini tournament costing hundreds of millions of dollars sounds great. It sounds too good to be true. Probably because it is. But let's see. I mean, uh, you know, never say never in boxing, but. Uh, 
I don't know. I'd rather just comment on stuff that we know is happening. Um, I'm so bitten and shy by, you know, is it going to be Fury versus Joshua? Are they going to fight in December? And then it, it's something else. Is it going to be Fury Usyk? Are they going to fight? And then it disappears as well. So I'd rather just focus on stuff that we know is happening. And, um, you know, people are going to talk. That's that's what happens in heavyweight boxing. But, you know, sometimes we just end up disappointed. So I try not to give it too much energy. That's that's fair. Let's not get too excited about these matchups until they're officially announced Sorry. or even <laughs> even even better yet until they're officially in the ring, because we know in boxing anything can happen. Uh, let's talk about a huge matchup that is happening this weekend, a fight that is actually happening. And, and this took a lot of work. Um, you know, I, I worked at HBO for many years and, and of course we remember Mayweather and Pacquiao and that was uh, different entities coming together. And, and we had a similar type of situation here, Tank Davis, uh, taking on Ryan Garcia. We needed different entities, networks, platforms, promoters to work together. And luckily they did. And, and that is a treat for boxing fans. When that happens, uh, it doesn't happen as much as we'd like at all. Um, but the fact that it's happening this weekend is a big deal, and 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 that is something to be celebrated for sure. So let me ask your thoughts on this mega fight. I mean, definitely one of the biggest fights that could be made in this sport. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. I mean, they're both electric talents. Uh, it's going to be a massive event. What are your thoughts on this mega fight? I, I think it's quite simply a, a beautiful fight. I, I didn't think it would happen. I really didn't. I just thought you got... You got two unbeaten guys there on different networks, um, very rare, and and at such a good time as well. They're both young, they're both in their prime, or maybe not even quite at their prime. Ryan Garcia is he's, he's remind me how old is he? 23, 24? He's, no, he's uh he's yeah quite... he's, he's he's there yeah twenty I believe twenty four. We can look it up 24. right now as as we're talking. Tank, yeah, tanks, tanks. Yeah, twenty four years old. Yep. So twenty four. I think tanks twenty nine. So yeah, I mean it's it's just perfect. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I love that it is happening. Um, I can't wait for it. And two huge stars of the sport, two different fan bases. Garcia's got got his fans, maybe like the the teeny boppers. They're they're all behind sort of Ryan Garcia, but he's he's you know he's got that Hispanic thing going for him as well. And Tank's got his guys behind him, and I, I love it. It's going to be the perfect storm. And the styles are going to mesh as well. You got the the, the shorter guy coming in, swinging, putting the pressure. You got Garcia with those quick hooks that could land and do some damage. I think it's a fantastic fight, and I'm um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. And what, what's interesting is, I don't think there's any belt on the line at the moment. I don't think there's any belt, so it's a, a bit of a, a statement there in that you know. You don't always need belts for these these huge fights to happen. It's also a bit of a test of where we are in the sort of the pay-per-view market as we speak, because these are two big, big stars. So how good is, you know, how how many pay-per-views can you do? This this sort of gives us an indication in the post-Mayweather era um, of what the sort of ceilings are on, on pay-per-view right now. Could could this set a new record? I don't think it will. Could it could it hit a million? Hopefully. Um, yeah, we, we we learn a lot from this fight because these are two stars in their in their absolute prime. I, I fancy Tank to win. Um, I just think he's I think he's just got a little bit too much dog for uh, for Ryan Garcia. Uh, I think he'll he'll land clean and he'll land heavy and he'll end up taking him out. But 
yeah, credit to both guys for taking it. I love the fight. It's an absolute dream matchup. Twenty-eight and zero uh, versus twenty-three and zero. You you mentioned twenty-eight years old versus twenty-four years old. So both men very much in their prime, and it's the type of thing that we don't see enough of the time in boxing. Young fighters putting it all in the line, uh, being able to sacrifice that O. Um, and 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 I personally can't wait for it. So to be clear, we we got your official prediction. So you're saying you're taking Tank Davis by knockout. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, it, and it's not like it in any way, um, in any sort of disrespect to Ryan Garcia. I think Ryan Garcia is a, a fantastic fighter. Uh, I think he's got very, very quick hands. Some of the quickest hands I've probably seen since Amir Khan. There, there's some some real uh, parallels with Amir Khan as well. But I just think I think Tank will have too much. And I think there's something going on with the weight as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is that a catch weight that is probably a bit more favorable to Tank. Is that right? Catch weight, rehydration clause. Uh, so these yeah. will be interesting things to look out for. There's also, and I don't know how this is going to play out or if it's if it's confirmed, but they're talking about a winner-take-all type of purse. Um, so there's, there's a lot that, to be said there. Yeah. That will be absolute nonsense. When has it ever actually happened? It doesn't really happen, does it? But it's great chat. It's great, uh, you know, it's great views. It gets people talking, but... There is not a chance in hell they do a winner-takes-all bet. I mean, so what does that mean? Oscar De La Hoya doesn't get paid? Does that mean Mayweather Promotions or whoever's representing Tech now? Does that mean they don't get paid if, if he loses? There's <laughs> These bets uh, often get spoken about, but very rarely actually come to uh, come to fruition. Yeah, and but, it yeah, seems like check. a little bit of a, an 11th hour type of thing. The other thing is, obviously, each camp has to pay trainers, managers, sparring partners, yes. everything. Um, but there, I, I do think there is some merit in having bonuses for winners in fights, um, just as a, as a concept going forward, an extra amount of money um, from the pot. But but we'll see how that comes together. It's a fascinating matchup, and, and I can't wait to see that fight this Saturday. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your experience, your background. Um, and, and, and part of that actually leads me to earlier this year, we had, uh, the Anthony yard versus, versus Arthur better be a fight. And, and anyone who followed you on social media could see that, that you were on the yard train. Um, and, and I give you credit because you were able to put yourself out there and take a position, um, and, and, you know, continue to, uh, represent yourself and be out there doing media and things like that, even when your guy doesn't win. Um, so I'm just curious about your overall uh, mindset about, you know, let's say you're picking a fighter, um, your ability to not shy away, even if your fighter doesn't have success. What What, what is your mindset with that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, uh, I've known Anthony Yard for many years now, and I believe that this was his time. I believe that he was getting Baturbiev at, at a good time. You know, I think 38 years old, he turned. He was coming off uh, an injury as well. So it felt like Anthony Yard was going to get him at the right time. So I backed him. I backed him wholeheartedly. Um, but obviously he didn't. So, uh, you know, in terms of how I then faced the media afterwards, it's sport. So in sport, you you make you make picks. Sometimes you're right. And sometimes you're wrong. So um, yes, it, it won't it won't make me shy away from making any picks in the future. What one thing I probably did learn was if I am going to go so uh, brazenly 
against an away fighter like I did with Arta Baturbiev, I probably can't expect him to give me the best interviews, which is what I found here in fight week. Maybe he wasn't giving the best interviews to anyone, but um, yeah, it, it, it was somewhat cold with me. Someone had probably showed him, oh, he's picking, he's picking yard, which um, you know, you know, who, who can blame him? But um, yeah, that that's probably a learning experience it was a very fun fight week to be fair the whole thing i think we made a lot of noise and uh yeah you'll notice around the joe joyce sile zhang fight week i wasn't out there screaming what i thought would happen what i thought would happen didn't happen anyway so probably just as well but um yeah no it's it was a it was a good learning it was a good fight and uh, you know anthony yard raised his stock in in that performance and i think arthur baturbiev also proved that he's the best light heavyweight in the world um, it was a great fight for Queensbury to kick off the year, great fight for UK boxing to kick off the year over here as well. And I think everyone's waiting to see what happens next with both fighters. It's it's not often that there's that much intrigue as to what both fighters actually do next, but I think everyone wants to see what, what these guys are, who, who they're going to fight now. And, and you touched upon what is my next question for you, which is you are a presenter for Queensberry Promotions. Um, you, you work with, a, you know, you work with different outlets. You, you do um, content. Uh, so for you, you are also covering a sport and you mentioned interviewing both fighters. So I'm just curious to your perspective. How do you stay objective and cover a sport as a whole? Yeah, I guess look, it, it can be tricky because if you've got, uh, an away fighter coming over you're uh, you're not really wanting them to beat your guy right i mean i'm working for the promoter so it's it can be can be tricky in that sense I'll, but what i'll try not to do is you know other than this yard perturbia situation where i i feel like i added to the noise around the event you know by uh, by some of my takes um yeah it's 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 okay i mean when 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 we've got two fighters who are both Queensbury fighting each other, then I do have to remain objective. We've, we've got a fight brewing at the moment between Denzel Bentley and um, who's, who's the middleweight who boxed Janibek, you know, who, who you'll know a few months ago and gave him a good run, probably gave him a better fight than anyone's given him. And Hamza Shiraz, who's an unbeaten middleweight over here as well. They're, they're, they seem to be on a collision course. Both fighters are with Queensbury. And that will be one where I will have to remain objective, very much so. And I, I like both guys, and you know, I I'd consider them sort of, you know, borderline friends. You know, we can we have a chat, we have a laugh. So, yeah, that's going to be tricky, but you you have to do it. You have to crack on. You have to do your job. So, if anything, my relationship with them will hopefully allow me to get in their ear and get them to give me a nice heated press conference. And, and I applaud you for taking a stand, picking a side, not, not sitting on a fence, um, as you've done. Um, but to, to your point, it is a balance there. And, and I'm sure you're going to continue to, to walk that line as you go forward. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit just about you. I've always been interested in, in journey and process, um, and, and for you to get here where you are now. And, and as I said earlier in this interview, congratulations on, on all your success. Um, we've seen you out there hosting press conferences, um, doing all this great work that you're doing. I know that you had some some early roots and, and starting in the e-commerce world. Um, so yeah. how did you make the jump into boxing, into into that whole, how, how did you make that leap? Crazy, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, look, I, was, I was a hardcore boxing fan. I'd say, I'd say fairly hardcore for 
a good few years before I got a job in boxing. So my my jobs were I was working in online marketing, as you say, e-commerce and and things like that. And the job I had before my jump, I was just working in online marketing for a European rail company, where I was trying to sell train tickets essentially and the the user experience on the website and affiliate websites and all boring things like that um but yeah look i was just bored i was a big boxing fan and i i had a nice cv which i put together which looked like a, a youtube homepage. it's the sort of cv that you can't like if you if it's put in front of you you shouldn't just be able to chuck it away you'd have to it gets your attention a bit it's a big picture of me in a youtube homepage pointing at the reasons why you should employ me so i i like sent that to box nation uh, i managed to get hold of the address uh, email address of the marketing manager at box nation at the time and i sent it over and i, I all all i got back was like oh thanks we'll keep it on record and they did and around six months later, they got back to me and they said, we've got this role. It's a digital manager role. Um, you, are you interested? And yeah, I was very interested. Apparently, there were a lot of applicants and they made us jump through a, a few hoops and come up with ways we can make the Box Nation subscription process easier, how we can improve the the marketing and, and things like that. And it was all it all went well when I got myself a job there as the the digital manager. And yeah, I mean, from there, it's just, as you can see now, like the role of a digital manager isn't to host the press conference for like fight week and, and do presenting and stuff. But I don't know. I always had it in my head. I I would end up on screen in, in some capacity. I'd always been quite comfortable like on stage and stuff like that. I've done plenty of like acting at school and, I was always quite comfortable, never nervous in front of a crowd. So I thought I'd be knowledgeable enough and know enough to to do a lot of the things that I could see other people doing. And I thought, oh, I can do this and maybe I can do it even better. I just backed myself. So, yeah, I just kind of forced my way in and I've sort of created my own my own role where I'm doing a little bit of everything and really enjoying it. I made my commentary debut the other day. Um commentated on three fights and yeah a lot to learn there that's been the hardest thing so far by the way out of anything that like I've done I've done presenting I've done a bit of ring announcing well a fair bit of ring announcing and press conferences and stuff interviews but the commentary very very difficult and um, looking forward to my commentary journey as well but yeah it's just crazy mate basically just don't say no to opportunities and you see where it gets you you bet on yourself and and obviously it is paying off and that's a testament to your hard work you putting yourself out there and to wrap it up uh just based on on your journey uh i'd be curious if you had any advice to people who are maybe on their own journey in whatever field it would be and and one of the things that that you spoke about which which i thought was really interesting was that you basically had to cold email, cold call people. You put yourself out there. You had to hear no, or in the case of what it sounds like with Box Nation was maybe we'll see. And then the time came six months later. So during that six month period, you had to not just give up and go do something else. You kept yourself in the game. You kept yourself ready for when the opportunity was there. Uh, so just to, just to wrap it up, any advice on your end about people who are maybe on their own journey? 
But even even before that, I got the Box Nation gig. That I think there was a another job that I'd gone for, non-boxing related. That that I really thought I was perfect for. It was for another train company, but I just thought, okay, well, this is this is a bit more money. It's a bigger company. I'm looking at the the job spec, and I'm saying, well, I can do all of this stuff. So I went for the interview. Brilliant interview, and and I didn't get the job. And you can get disheartened, but hey, maybe it wasn't. You know, if if I'd have got that, would I've still been pursuing the whole box nation thing? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe things wouldn't have uh, come to fruition like that. But look, so basically, my main advice is: do not be afraid to cold call. Do not be afraid to send your CV out because what is the worst thing that can happen? No one gets back to you. So what? Just do it anyway. So make sure you do that. And don't listen to anyone who's telling you that you can't do something. Don't listen to people who are putting ceilings on your dreams and what you want to achieve. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't achieve. Just go and do your thing and back yourself. That's the most important thing. Just back yourself. Say yes now. Figure it out later. That's the main thing here that I've learned. Dev, do you want to do a bit of commentary? Dev, do you want to do ring announcing? Um, tomorrow we've got our ring announcers pulled out. Just say yes and figure it out. Back yourself to figure it out. That's my uh, that's my main kind of advice. If you don't ask, the answer will be no. You miss the shots you don't take. It's 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 good advice. And 100%. uh and Dev Sonny, I want to thank you so much for your time, for breaking down boxing, for chatting about your journey. Enjoy. Tank versus Ryan Garcia this weekend and continue on the great work that you are doing. I know you will. I want to thank you so much for the time and I hope to chat with you soon. Thank you, Curran. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, congratulations on your journey and your work as well. I'm a fan. Keep it up, mate. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to my guests. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia, and this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karan Bhatia. 